Yeah. Okay, good evening, everybody. So, um, last time, we basically finished up last time about, uh, about the two sources for, um, for Shluchei Mitzvah, our Peturim and Mitzvah, Sikh Mitzvah, Patur and Mitzvah. So now we're at Gufa, we're on Chaf Hamid Base, 25b, sort of referencing something we had said earlier, right? The Gemara had said earlier that um, Osik, uh, that, um, you know, Gemara had, had discussed a little bit about Avelos when it, when it got into, again, tell me someone who's in Tsar, if you remember someone who's in pain, who's distracted by their pain, is exempt from mitzvos. Right? The Gemara Rabbi, said that. Uh, we saw the Daf Yaimi today. The Gemara, the Gemara says that someone who's on the way before the before the burial, before right. The, right. So Rashi says over there in Brachas that they're part from Kriyshma. Rashi says similar. Oh really? So yeah. what I asked. I asked about Aninus. Right. Why is yeah. it Aninus Araya? Right. So, so so it's interesting. Wow, well, yeah, that's very interesting. So here, yeah. So I thought I saw someone that asked the question. Yeah. I don't think I made it up. So we saw it today. Aninus is the state before someone's buried. So you, you're exempt from all mitzvahs. And someone who's, who's, okay. some, who's one of their seven immediate relatives the die, yeah. they're exempt from all mitzvahs. Okay, so says, that, that should be an example. Right? Wow, the the mitzvah. Yeah, wow. That is very interesting. Wow. Very interesting. Right. That would be the Kura per se, though. That's not that would be the act of Kura rather than the act of Avelis. Right, right. So it's still, it's still with the mitzvah. It's still right. shows, but it's, yeah. it, meaning it, it broadens that whole parameter of being, yeah. of just being the, the tarred question, in a, in a, in a machshav of a mitzvah. Maybe you could be tarred in buy, before you buy an esrik. You're very tarred on the, just the and brother, Again, we got into all the different, all the different, uh, <laughs> all the different levels we discussed also last time. Right. So what the Gemara basically said that Avelos is not a good example, mourning is not a good example. Why? Because you're doing it to yourself. There's no mitzvah to be in pain. You choose to be in pain. You're doing it to yourself. It's understandable. It's reasonable. It's like somebody whose ship sinks. You know, it's a terrible thing. But there's no mitzvah per se to grieve. Grieving is uh, a natural human reaction, but that's not the purpose of the mitzvahs of Avelos. The mitzvahs of Avelos are covered hames rashi. Okay. So now we're going to go back to that. So the Gemara here on 25B, Chafayim with Beis, says Gufa. Okay, Gufa. Amar of Ava, everyone see it? Amar of Ava Bar Zavda, Amar Rav. Ava Bar Zavda says in the name of Rav. Avel Chai of Echol Mitzvah Samuras Batorah. A mourner is Chai, a mourner is obligated in all the mitzvahs that are said in the Torah. Chutzmi Tfilin, with the exception of Tfilin, Sharei Nemar Bohen Pe'er. Which it, which is said pe'er they're sort of majestic or they're glorious, and um, and the grandeur right and an avil is not uh, able to that that's inconsistent with being a mourner. but that's a different exception. Now the reason why you're exempt from tefillin is not because you're osik a mitzvah, right? That's not why you're exempt. It's that the that tefillin conceptually is contradictory to the state of a mourner. How do we know that an Avel is obligated, is exempt from uh, from Alecha, From the fact that the Torah, that Hashem told, told Yecheskel, that you should remain wearing your Tefillin, you are obligated, everyone else is exempt. So basically the story with Yecheskel, basically, 
if you look in Rashi here, Rashi gives us a little bit of uh, of a uh, little bit of a background. There's more to it. If you look at this Rashi, it's the first wide line. So God tells you, Cheskel, I'm going to take the desirous one of your eyes, the one who you love, basically your wife, he's going to kill your wife, in a plague. And this was a forecasting the, the destruction of the temple of Mesa Mikdash. And uh, basically he says, uh, he says, Hanek Dom Mesim Aval Right, that you cannot mourn for her, right? You should be quiet, and it gets complicated. Tosas really references some things we learn out from Yecheskel to other mourners, some things we say Yecheskel only for Yecheskel. Tosas really addressed sort of the nitty gritty of this, which we didn't get into on the previous page, or parts of it at least. But basically, for the, our sake, basically, the point was that God tells Yecheskel, Eva losasa, you should not do. You should not mourn, which means you should not mourn for her. And they say the reason why this is relevant to God's message to the Jewish people was because in order to mourn, you need to have comforters. And if everyone's in mourning, there's no mourning. So basically the point was, is that, the, that Jerusalem's going to be destroyed and you know, it's going to be terrible for everyone. It's going to be so disastrous that the Jewish people aren't even going to be able to mourn. Okay, so that's the concept why God is telling Yechezkel not to mourn. But he also says, Pe'ercha chavush al roshecha, right? You should keep, if you look at Rashi, your pe'er, your grandeur. By the way, we say in davening in the morning in the brachos, Oter Yisrael Basifara, right? One of the blessings in the morning is who crowns Israel with grandeur. And there's a custom to touch your tefillin, tefara, right? There's a custom to kiss your tefillin. I don't know the original source, but the custom for sure of Art Scroll, I think, cites, cites that custom. Anyway, but you definitely see here the correlation between the word tiferes or pe'er and tefillin, right? In other words, Oteri Sobosifara, totally, that custom is totally based, really, wherever it came from, is totally based in this Gemara, in this Allah, in this Pasuk. That tefillin are called pe'er, tefillin are called tiferes. They're called, uh, they're called our grandeur. Rabbi, is that just true in the Shiva? So, wait a second, so we're going to get that in a minute. Pe'ercha chavush alech, oh, it's a good question. So God tells Yecheskel, you keep your pe'er, your grandeur, your tefillin on your head. In contrast to other mourners. Why? Right? Like I was just saying that this is a symbol to everyone else that, uh, that you shouldn't mourn because that's what's going to happen to the Jewish people. They're going to be so destroyed and so desolate that they're not going to have Wudamor. Alma Avil You see that because God makes Yecheskel an exception to Tfilin. God tells Yecheskel to wear Tfilin, but everyone else should wear Tfilin. So you see, an Avil is in general not allowed to wear Tfilin. But not, again, not because of Osik Bimitsa, not because he's involved in a mitzvah of grieving, therefore he's exempt from other things. Like we said on the Gemara on the previous page, an Avil is chayv in mitzvahs, not Avil is obligated in mitzvahs. Rather, what does it mean? It means that. Because the concept of pe'er is inconsistent, the concept of tiferes, of grandeur, is inconsistent with the state of avelos. The state of avelos is the absence of grandeur, or the opposite of grandeur, right? This uh, tefillin is, is an expression of grandeur. So says the Gemara to Bruce's point, back in the Gemara. So, v'hani mili biyom rishon, this is on the first day, which is the custom, by the way. 
someone has uh, if someone bar- has berries, you know, they're dead, and you know, one o'clock or ten o'clock, they don't go run home and put on tefillin that day, generally, right? So you don't wear that day. Don't wear tefillin. Right, it's a bitter day. I think there are other opinions. Saying maybe the first two days of the first day. I forgot all the different opinions, but um, but for sure the first day. Rashi says why. Uh, yoma. By the way, there's a whole question in Shiva: how much of it is Daraisa, how much of it is biblical or not, right? But the main primary, I mean, primary expression of bitterness is one day. Again, the bitterness is what seems to be the contradiction to the pe'er of Tefillin. Right, kiyomar. Right, that that merirus Rashi says is what prevents you from having teferis, from what prevents you from having the grandeur. Right, it sounds like the rest of the, the time, which doesn't have as severe a merirus as severe as, of bitterness. Right, so that is not inconsistent with the grandeur of tefillin. Part, I mean, some of it. It's, it's very complicated. You know, there's all some things I learned out. The Gemara in, in uh, Moed Katan goes back and forth with a number of different sugyas. Some of it is learned from Saras, I think. But some of it's learned from, from, uh, from uh, Chol Moed, right? Some of it's learned from other... There's, a, there's a, like three primary sources. Gemara, it could be it's Saras, Chol Moed, and this. And the Gemara sort of goes back and forth over the course of a few blocks, trying to work out exactly where Avelis fits. So... Um, so, uh, but even within that, it's not so clear in the Gemara and the Rishonim what is considered Daraisa, what's not Daraisa. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and presumably this is Daraisa too, Avelos Yom Rishon, because I, it's hard to understand that you'd be exempt from a mitzvah Daraisa of Tefillin, right, for a Darabanan Marirus. I mean, that would be, not, not saying they don't have the Koach necessarily, it would just be hard to from believe that. it. Well, see, this is a general question, right? In other words, how to understand this happens to be one of the, I think, one of the easier questions, because a navi is not allowed to create halacha, right? The Torah, the Torah is a sealed book, which means you can't. A navi cannot be mechadesh a halacha. The a navi, a prophet, cannot introduce a new halacha. So, one of the major questions in the Gemara is when we learn halachos from Nach, how are we able to learn halachos from Nach from the prophets, right? The, there's a prohibition against Baltosef of adding on a halacha to the Torah that applied to Nevi'im. There's a number of psukim, right? They go in the beginning of Megillah, they go elsewhere. She'ein navi rishayi l'chadish b'adavar. I think the Maritz Chiyas has a whole explanation there about how to reconcile why you need different psukim for which. But the point is, is that the Torah is a sealed book. The Torah is perfect. perfect. Torah is Torah Hashem Tamim. It's a perfect book. The Torah Mitzvah is an absolutely perfect system. To add on or subtract would be to diminish the Torah. Right, God is not going to change that Torah. That's part of why it's eternal. It's fundamental. It's fundamental to the theology and philosophy of the Torah that that's the case. That a navi can't add on. So, a very important question is how can we learn a halacha from Nach? And this is not the only case. But I think this is one of the easier cases because the the classic approach to this question, with the exception, let's say, of Eliob Har Carmel, which is uh, you know certain stories were harashas, were emergency situations. But leaving outside exceptions, you know, fundamentally, how to derive this halacha, and we were talking about it the other other week too, where we took, there's a gemara that talks about klicheres writing a shnar on klicheres that it can't be forgeable, and the gemara learns out from from Laman Yamdu Yamim Rabin, which is a pasuk in Yirmiyahu, and things like that. But so fundamentally, the question is how you learn something from that, and the basic answer, the classic answer, is that 
we see halacha in Nach, but we don't learn halacha from Nach. That is to say, we're not suggesting that Yecheskel introduced a halacha here. The Gemara is not suggesting that Yecheskel had the authority, ability, or is, 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 is creating a new halacha. That is to say, there was the Torah is the Torah, and Yecheskel thought, you know what? A mourner should not wear tefillin on day one. You know what? From now on, Dorak, sorry, the mourners are not wearing tefillin on day one. That's not what happened. What we're, right, it, can't, it makes no sense. And a Navi can't speak B'Shem Hashem and introduce a new halacha. A Navi's not allowed to do it. A Navi can't say there's a, you know, you should have five parshias in your tefillin. A Navi, can, a Navi can't do that. And if he is, he's a Navi Shekhar. Right? He's a false Navi, will kill him. Right? So what, what can, what, how do we learn such a halacha from Nach? Right? How do we learn such a halacha? So the answer is, we see in Nach halacha. Because the prophets observed halacha. We see from what they did how to observe halacha. We see from God's conversation with Yecheskel what the default was. If God has to tell Yecheskel, you're an exception, you should wear tefillin, we can infer that everyone else should not wear tefillin. The Pasuk, for example, that we were dealing with, we were dealing with it as it related to uh, the Rashi, isn't by Shluchei Mitzvah. Right? Why did it come up last week, or two weeks ago? Because we were talking about Shluchei Mitzvah. And what, what, mitzvah, what was one of the mitzvahs which Rashi referenced? L'hakil Pnei Rabo. Right, to visit your Rebbe on Yontif, that's a mitzvah. Well, what mitzvah is it? It's not in the Torah anywhere, right? So there's a, there's a I think it's still a fair question how, you, how to trace it back. But, but be that as it may, right, it's an inference from a story in Tanakh. What's the story? The story is he goes to, he says, it's Lachodesh, Lachodesh, Shabbos. He says, why are you coming to me? It's not, it's not Rosh Chodesh and it's not Shabbos. There's no reason for you to come, right? So therefore you see that if it would have been Chodesh or it would have been Shabbos, there would have been a reason to come. So the only mechanics by which we can, we can learn halacha from Nach is inference, inferring things rather than, rather than, rather than innovating halacha. Yermiyahu cannot innovate a halacha. Yecheskel cannot innovate. David Amel cannot innovate a halacha, at least on a Doraisa level. Again, they, were, they had Batei Dinah. They had a Sanhedrin. And the Sanhedrin could legislate Dinah Durabanan. And the Sanhedrin could darshan drushos. Because they had the authority to darshan the Torah. Right? They had the authority as a Sanhedrin to invoke, to employ the Yud Gimel Midash HaTorah Nidresh Esbahem, the 13 hermeneutic principles by which the Torah is expounded, that they did have the authority to do. But again, that's not in their capacity as a Navi. That's in their capacity as a Tamachacham. Right? As a Tamachacham, as the Av of a Sanhedrin, right? as the head Nasi of a Sanhedrin, in that capacity, they had the ability to, to innovate Halacha within the framework of the Yud Gimel Midah Torah Bohem, within the framework of those 13 principles, right? But they did not have the right to add new biblical halacha. They did have the right, and through the process of the Sanhedrin, to innovate new rabbinic law, right? Because it's rabbinic, right? So you can have a Hanukkah or Purim, right? That's okay. It's not a problem. Okay, so that's what we're doing over here, presumably. Okay? That's a very fundamental idea, by the way. Okay. So, says the Gemara Vaiter. So the Gemara says, Rav Abba Bar Zavda Amarav, right? And Rav Abba Bar Zavda says in the name of Rav, Avil Chayev Besukkah. Then an Avil is Chayev in Sukkah. Pshita, that's obvious. Since he said that Mitzdar is Pater from the Sukkah, Hai Nami Mitzdar Hu, I would think. 
he is also mitzdair because he's an avel. So again, there's an exemption if you're paying from the sukkah. If it's raining, if it's snowing, you don't have to sit in the sukkah. So I would think also that that a mourner who's in pain and is exempt from sitting in the in the sukkah. That's only tsar which emanates from the sukkah. Rashi says, if you look at Rashi, an important Rashi. Um, the sukkah is the source of the pain. The, the, the sukkah is not providing adequate shade for the sun or for the protection from the cold. Or its location smells. It's interesting. If you look at this Rashi, it's interesting. It's not so pasha, right? So if I, it's not so pasha. Let's say I build my sukkah next to a dumpster. So are you chayv or pater? So someone might say, you're pater. You're exempt. Why? You're mitzdar. Because it smells terrible. Why should I can't eat in the sukkah? What? It's your fault. Okay, let's say I build a sukkah and someone drops, drop, drops their garbage next door after sukkah started. So I now exempt from the sukkah. So Rashi sounds like you're not. Right. Rashi sounds like Rashi sounds like that shall sukkah mitzaraso. The sukkah has to be the source of pain, right? Again, though, you could argue it doesn't provide. It's no different than not providing adequate protection from smell. Should be no different than providing yeah, adequate protection. So I think what that means is the purpose of a sukkah of a roof is to prevent. Protect you from the elements, right? So if it's not protecting you from the elements, so that is, in a sense, the source of the pain. I mean, the it's not generating. Like ever supposed to make you warm? Well, if it's raining, cold stuff. I don't know, windy. If it's windy, it protects you from the wind. If, if this person uses an animal, an animal dies in the carcass. That's your fault. That's the sukkah is now sarda. Right. So maybe that would be an exemption. That right. would for sure be an exemption. Correct. Yeah. But but in other words, Rashi says the sukkah is the source of the tzar, right. not incidental right. things. It sounds like, mm-hmm. right? I think Rashi's got the words memela, right? Memela means that emanates from it, that comes out of it, that's derived from it. So a pain that's derived from the sukkah. However, um, however, when it comes to right, but a mourner should get himself under control. It's an obligation on him to control his, his mentality for the purpose of a mitzvah. I mean, this is extremely interesting. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure why we would have thought otherwise. In other words, I'm not sure how, you know, how, how, what we would have thought mitzvah was. If a person is paying not as a result of a sukkah, a person's ship sunk. Right, which the Gemara equates to Avelos on the previous page. person had a bad business day, right? So they had a bad day in business. So when I say he's exempt from sitting in the sukkah because he's in so much pain, maybe we would. Maybe he'd be like an honest, which we're going to see on the bottom. Maybe there is a rationale to say something like that. I think we still need to see a whole different way of thinking about things when we get to the bottom of Chafayim and Beis. We're going to see an entirely different approach, I think, um, in Rashi at least, that perhaps if you're a Torah, Torah itself creates a exemption, not on the basis of Osik B'mitzvah, potentially, even when there is no Osik B'mitzvah, like for example, if you look at, let's say, just to foreshadow Rashi on top of Chavav, 
If you look at Rashi on top of Chavav, without getting the context, Chasan Pater Mikriya Shema Detarid, because he's 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 preoccupied. The Sharbanei Chupachayavin, the less Luhula Hadi Tanai also begins to Padim in a mitzvah. So there's going to be an opinion according to Rashi. Tosus disagrees with this, but there's going to be an opinion according to Rashi which says Tirda itself, without coming on to the whole concept of Osik b'mitzvah, generates an exemption. There's such a thing in Rashi, right? Which is a whole new concept. What you mentioned, some understand, seem to understand, it's more like an onus. Maybe you're overwhelmed by it. You can't, you, you can't do anything else. You're so, you're so preoccupied. Maybe that would be the way, at least according to Rashi, to understand this Havamina. Otherwise, how do you understand such a Havamina? The Gemara is p- suggesting that perhaps you're exempt from sitting in the sukkah if I had a bad day at work. That's the Gemara suggesting, right? The Gemara is suggesting an Avel who's so overwhelmed by grief because they lost someone should be exempt from the sukkah. Right? Even though there's no mitzvah. How could that possibly be? I think in light, perhaps, of what Rashi suggests later, we can understand the Gemara Zavavina. Right? What the Gemara is suggesting, or addressing itself, Rav Avabar Zavda, Amarav, is addressing himself to the other Tanoim. As they're addressing themselves to alternate Tanoim who disagree. He's saying the only Torah is Osik Mitzvah. Right? But, no. Maybe, maybe there's another Torah. He's disagreeing with that other opinion. Perhaps. I don't know. That's just the only way I could understand what the Gemara would possibly be considering as an alternative thing in this Havamina. Okay, we'll stop here. Shikoyach. Shikoyach.